when I find great apps, I love to talk to the developers behind it. And if I find a little issue, I really want to talk to the developers behind it. And Jack is one of those developers. He creates an app that has actually helped me quite a lot. We'll get into it in the conversation. Um, and I wanted to just basically have a conversation with him, see what kind of person he is. And in this conversation, we talk a lot about his app, the way he works, his way of working, which is so similar to the way I work and what he has done for his team. It's basically what I do for my clients. And it was uh, really interesting to get another perspective as to how to simplify your uh, your team, your workflow and stuff. So it was great having a different angle um, come from him, basically. But in this conversation, we talk about everything. I had a mind fart as well. <laughs> I still, still haven't figured out uh, what I meant to say, which I will, and I'll send it to him. But anyway, enjoy this conversation. As I said, uh, again, like uh, we enjoyed recording it. And if you have any questions, let us know. Here's our conversation. It's so funny how this whole, it's, so what actually happened, it was a time, time zone thing in the sense that you didn't, I don't know what happened. It, it was this just is very simple. I misread the time. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you ever get this, but like, sometimes my brain is like, I'm a hundred percent correct. It doesn't matter what someone says to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh. oh, we have it down for an hour. And I'm like, nope, it's now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I suddenly realize I have to go through and realize myself. And then I realize, yeah, I'm the time zone guy and I don't know my own time zone. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. I'm like that probably about 98% of the time. And that's why, okay. you know, I always tell people um, when people say, when do you have time? I usually just say, no, when do you have time? Because my time is so elastic. Mm -hmm. I can either move things around or there isn't that much stuff yeah. in, you know. But um, that's what I love about simplicity and how <laughs> how I work. But y I wanted to have a chat with you mainly because of your app, mm -hmm. not because of uh, uh, the things that you said on Twitter. But I loved your app. Now, last uh, when are people going to listen to this? Yeah, so last week I did a conversation with another indie developer about a product. And I love indie developers because they're, they're ready to talk to people. And in mm -hmm. fact, um, Chris from last week, who creates um, an app called Mogul, he started talking to his users, the customers, his, the people who are using his apps. And he's getting so much insight from oh, yeah. them, it's, which is amazing. And that's what I love about indie developers because they do that. And that's how, in it's a way how feeling. we met. Yeah. Yeah, like, like exactly. That's exactly how we met. <clears throat> so the, just going straight to the user is just the best way of getting feedback. Yeah. Um, I actually, I used to work for a startup where we didn't really speak to the users at all. So we oh, were always guessing. Wow. And it was, for me, it was stressful because mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is successful. So just to be able to even just read the App Store reviews from people and just be mm. able to respond now. Like, I don't think devs, you didn't used to be able to do that. Right. So now I can respond in the App Store review and say, hey, 
email us. I'd love to chat more about this problem you're facing, or if it's a feature request, let's just talk more. And I actually set up a few paid kind of user interviews from the App Store, where we just we just paid some people who were using the app to just tell us what they hated about it and what they liked about it. Mm. And um, that led to the time scrubbing feature, which we, we had actually ha a plan for that because it was essential to what we were trying to do. It was just for the version one, it was just a lot of work. Yeah. But it was, but it was also good to get a confirmation that people were looking for that. So, when as a designer, it gives you just that confidence to just crack on. Let's just do it. Everyone's asking for this. We want this. Let's just try it. Um, I mean, it's it's and, good yeah, for. Okay. I mean, it's good for developers to have their own roadmap for sure. I mean, you don't want what this is. What I feel. I'm not a product manager. I, I think I missed my calling. But I'm not a product manager. I just love using tools and I love finding what's wrong with them rather than what's right with them. Yeah. Um, and I, I shit on a lot of apps, um, actually. I come from the other side of it where I think I'm more in the, in the camp of the customer than the developer. But when I find developers that are like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll change this. But, but there, there's a fine line, and I think you, you understand this as well, because Chris did. There's a fine line between saying, yes, we'll do this. Um, but then you'll get, too, you'll get too much input, and then it won't, doesn't become your product, doesn't become the core product. And I think that's a problem. A lot of companies that I know of, ClickUp, which I talk about a lot, have an issue with. They just add so much stuff in. I'm, I'm glad you brought up ClickUp because I'm being bombarded with ClickUp ads. <sighs> and yeah. nothing against the team, nothing against what they're tr trying to do. I just, it's just not for me. No. So the, the whole premise is things are simpler if everything is in one place. But to me, that just means everything's busy in one place. It doesn't yes. really solve the problem. It just brings everything into one tab. So <laughs> we we've had to... Over time, like we've had to over time figure out which tools to use and which to drop, and we're happy using multiple tools. You know, we just bookmark them. It's not. It's the problem isn't being able to access the tools. It doesn't matter. They're not all in one place. It's just finding the right tools. I used to love Asana. We don't use Asana anymore. The team at Friendly changed, um, and we just use Notion now for most things. Um, so. Uh, yes, ClickUp for me doesn't work, but I know designers and managers who love it. So right. for them, it's solving a problem that I don't have, which I think is why it's so important to talk to a, a broad variety of users. Because yeah. like the, originally with the, with the very first app release, people were saying, oh, it's perfect, it's great. So we could have just said, okay, we'll stop. But we know other users want more. And yeah, we don't say yes to everything. Uh, just from our intuition, we have like 100 things we'd like to try. And the user feedback just kind of helps us prioritize. But compared to like my normal daily work with Friendly, Time Zone Pro is so simple. It's yeah. kind of almost silly to have a roadmap. L literally, it's got like four features. You know, it's yeah. for us, it's so simple. Um, it's really, speaking honestly, it was just some practice for me. So I burnt out and I wasn't designing for about 18 months. And I wanted to get back into design, but not work directly for one of our clients because I didn't want to test out my abilities on a paying client. So I just thought, let's do an app. We had a problem with our current team that was distributed over the, the planet. Right. We have people in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the US, Europe. So for us, just thinking about scheduling a, just a quick team call 
it was nice to say, hey, what time is it for Zane when it's 9 a.m. for us here? What time is it for him in New Zealand right. or Australia? He's going to hate me for saying New Zealand. but um, <laughs> oh, Yeah, don't make that mistake. <laughs> but we, we have a designer in New Zealand as well. So it's, it's, this is exactly why I needed the app because it, sure. you, you just can't hold it all in your head. Or well, I can't anyway. No. Um, and a, f- a few other people, it was, it was meant to be an internal tool. A few other people like, we'd love to have this for what we're doing. And I was like, okay, great. Checked out a lot of other time zone apps and they were, they tend to just have countries. So you just say, I want to add New York or add cities, but you kind of forget why you added them and who lives there. So really it's just a contact list with their time. So simple, but it's just, it's just really useful for us. So I mean, when I, when I first saw it, I was like, why has no one else thought about this? Because it's such a simple um, use case that yes. people need. It's like, um, I mean, I, I, do, I have clients all over the place, so I put them in there. I put in people who I do these conversations with, so I know roughly, you know, I actually I did put yours, you in there, which is stupid of me <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's such a simple tool. That's why I loved it. And the, the fact that I could talk to you and say, by the way, have you thought about, and then he was like, oh yeah, let's put that in. And you put it in and I'm like, this is all we need. We just need, uh, where this person is for me, if it's today or tomorrow, that was the thing that I was asking for because, because plus GMT minus right. seven doesn't make sense originally, to a lot of you people. Didn't, originally, you didn't want to know the time difference. You didn't care. It didn't make any, yeah, it, that part, of course, it's good to have. A lot of people would want it. But my use case was, well, I don't want to do math in my head. The whole point of an app and a computer is to tell me what what's going on. So I thought, well, if you just said the time and whether it was today or tomorrow, because sometimes they're very close, it would make a lot more sense. Yes. So for the first version, I was totally wrong. So I was designing for um, Canada and the UK at first. Right. In Canada, a couple of our designers are in Vancouver or Toronto, which are the other sides of Canada. So all I wanted to do in my head was just be able to see their time difference versus me. But then I forgot about our New Zealand and Australian people who are in the next day. And at that point, you're like, you really need to have a day or today or tomorrow. Otherwise, it's like the times just look confusing. It's like 7 a.m. Wait, they're they're behind us now? Well, no, it's just tomorrow. <laughs> but these <laughs> these are things that these are just things that um, we, we you just kind of mess up, you know. Yeah. We're just like it's really iterative, and um, it's like for me, like if it wasn't for your feedback, I'd have just carried on as we were. Right. And okay. then you came cool. along. It's like, oh, just can you just add tomorrow? And it's just so simple, but it makes a huge difference. So let's just do it. Yeah. You know, it, it, as designers, we can't cover everything. No. Speaking honestly, that's something I should have noticed. But it was just because I was using it with like one or two people. And now we have like 60 people on the app. It makes total sense. So as as your kind of use case changes, yes. you, you get to think more about features that kind of make it more universal for more use cases rather than just a very specific one that I was using, uh, that I had at the time. So, No, absolutely. Yeah. And this is why it's great for indie developers to listen, to talk to, not necessarily to add that feature in, but kind of jog your head as to kind of, oh yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I forgot about this or, yes. um, yeah, I mean, that's 
the, the main reason. I mean, there's so many developers that don't listen at all. They just do their own roadmap and there's no input. And then you get this mishmash of like, why am I using this? Going back yes. to like having an app that does everything. I used to be in that camp many, many years ago. And then when I got into doing the work that I'm doing now, um, I realized that the client doesn't give a rat's ass as long as the, the work is done and as long as they're kind of interconnected in a way. And this is another issue I have in general with computer, computer technology. And t I mean, I'm a tech guy for 30 years, but you know, the computer is there to help us out. A lot of people make, a lot of apps, uh, app makers and software designers make apps and they're effectively siloed. But then you have um, apps like Zapier and uh, Instamat or whatever that come in that glue it together. But why would you need that if you, ha you know what I mean? It's kind of counterintuitive exactly. and it doesn't make sense to me because every developer works in their own little silo. And that, that's something that can't be fixed overnight. It just isn't. I understand that. I think the, the, the main use case for us with unifying our apps is simply for team visibility. So right. we don't really want to have like a spreadsheet with tasks in on Google Sheets and um, other things and other programs if the whole team is meant to be looking at the same thing. Notion solved that for us. Um, I could link some databases in and only give the team the information they needed to see. So that's why we love Notion is because I can bring in a linked database and say, my team don't need to see that information. I just won't show it to them. So it's, it's almost like all these apps that bring stuff together are showing the team too much. We don't want that. It kind of doesn't help with productivity. No. So the, that's what I love most about Notion is kind of the power of being able to set it up for your team because it's, it's a it's a really kind of universal application that you can use for so many different things. Like you could use it for building a house. You could use yes. it for managing your family. It's That's what I love about it. Um, so yeah, I think going back to when I was doing the user interviews, I made the mistake at first of asking them, hey, what's what would you like to see? What what kind of features would you like? You know, kind of like a I was a waiter at a restaurant. Right. And yeah. it kind of led to just like a lack of understanding on my side because I couldn't figure out why they were asking for these things. They the way I was posing the question didn't didn't kind of encourage them to answer like that. So I started to say, what do you do? Who right. do you work with? What's, what's, what, what's tricky right now? And for the, for the most part, it was scheduling calls in the future with people all over the world. And that's mm -hmm. what we were having. Um, and we just start a conversation from that point rather than from you know, yeah. the menu of features that we could just say, let's try all of these. Um, so I just really enjoyed it because it just gives me ammunition as a, as a designer to say, we know this is either going towards solving for this use case or it's moving away because we could solve other use cases and it'd be a brilliant design, but it won't serve the majority of our users. And because it's a paid app, I kind of want it to feel like we care about it because we do. Of course, uh, there are yeah. other apps that there, there. There is another one or two apps that do what we do, but 
they're restricted in like where you can view them. So I think one of them's just on Mac or just on Android or something. Right. And the cool thing about ours is just it's just synced with iCloud. So you download it on your Mac and your iOS devices. You add all of your users, and then you can just see it on your Mac if you're on your phone. It just instantly appears. Yeah. Um, and this was just a really nice feature for us because we didn't want to add things everywhere. Um, and the point where we're thinking, do we, do we could actually turn it into a company. We've had companies come to us and say, what we would like is the ability for one person at our company to sign in, create all of the contacts, and then invite different teams like as you know, like a seat paper seat plan. So okay. only one person sets us all up, and then you just invite your design team, and the design team get the app, and they haven't got to add everyone all over again. It's just a right. huge waste of time. So, yeah, and, and you'll be able to like set permissions. You know, the design team only need to see these clients. The devs only need to see these clients, etc. But with um, that, you'd have to have your lot, own cloud service. You wouldn't be able. It'd to do be a with. lot of work. So exactly. right now, it's super simple. It works really well. We kind of did like a halfway house feature where we allowed users to export a file from the Mac app. Right. It's kind of hidden right now, but you can import a file from a friend and it just populates all of the same contacts that they have right. as well. So okay. it's like, it's good for teams. It saves us from having to bother with user accounts and setting up billing and all this legal stuff. Because right now we don't collect any personal data. No. Our privacy policy is literally just, we don't collect your data. It's so nice. <laughs> like, I think people want that. <laughs> Especially so, in recent times. Oh, well, even it's on my simple. website, it's I, I don't have any cookie things because it's like, I, I, what, what do I collect? There's nothing I collect. I yeah. don't have any, I have Fathom instead of Google. I stay away from Google. I mean, yeah, all that stuff is, is a pain. The simpler, the better. The simpler, the better. That's, that's the whole. Yes, thing. I think like I was very like you when I was on my own solo. And I try to keep the simplicity in mind when you bring on a team. Mm. Um, there are just some things you have to have of that I wouldn't have before, like t like time tracking for the team. Like as managers, how do we make sure that we're kind of meeting the retainer hours we have set with our clients? We can't just rely on pen and paper. And sure. so there are, but there but there are some some apps that like we use Harvest for time tracking, which does exactly what we need to do. We use like two of the features. We are happy to pay for it. It keeps the managers really happy. Um, but yeah, we don't want an app that brings it together and keeps no. time tracking on the screen when we're not in the time tracking mode. We want to just put mm -hmm. that away. You close the tab, you know, we don't need that right now. So I'm so glad you said that because a lot of, as I said, like a lot of people want that one app does that does everything. As you say, it's, it doesn't exist. And the thing is, a lot of these one-shot apps, one app that does everything, they don't do those individual things well at all. So it's a great idea. It's a fantastic, you know, Valhalla of software, but it just doesn't work because it doesn't, the to-dos that well, it doesn't take notes too well, it doesn't do time tracking. And I love the idea, and I've said this to people before, um, it's like Photoshop. Uh, now, I don't know anyone, anyone, pro or, or not, that uses 100% of Photoshop. It's just impossible. There's just no way. Yeah, I think I've used Photoshop since the one before CS1, whichever one that was. Right. And you learn something every time you open the program. 
Exactly. So, so the point is, these software, you don't have to use all of the features, right? You just get the features that you get the software that you need, the features that you need, like you do with Harvest, you use one or two parts of it. Mm -hmm. Just because you're paying X amount per month doesn't mean that you have to use absolutely everything, you know, everything about it. And this is the fight I have with my clients. Because they're like, oh, what, I yes. got to spend 20 euros for this and then 15 euros for that. And I'm like, yeah, but how much time is it saving you? It's, thank you. It's, we don't realize these days how cheap and easy we have it. Like, really, you know, know. We, have, we, we have like 20 designers on the team. Our figure bill is about 300 bucks a month. It's like a no-brainer. It's like a no-brainer. The output, the output the designers are putting out versus the cost of Figma, it's like... Yeah. Thank you, Figma. This is this is so generous of you. And I, I think actually products would become worse if teams were working on this one magical software that does everything. I, I like speaking from the other side where you're on a team building products, what you really want and what leads to good products is a very small and efficient team focused on one or two problems getting paid really well. So if you find a team that's putting out a product that you love, pay for it. You're supporting yes. them and their families. You don't need to be paying for inefficient companies trying to do everything poorly, pay for the ones that you love, that do things really well. And hopefully they, they can keep going. Like yeah. I, I'm more than happy to pay for the services we use that save us time. Um, it's the time factor. It's not anything else. It's not features. It's, it's nothing to do with that. What people need to understand is that it doesn't matter how much I used to use used to and there's a reason why i moved but base camp on my own 100 bucks yeah. i don't mind Same. paying 100 bucks don't mind at all because it's a fantastic product and i use it the way i moved over to something else but that's not because of money or anything it's just the other thing worked out better so it doesn't matter the cost it matters how much time you're saving the ease of use um, of yeah. it how i'm getting clients in uh, to that product because I work on my own and I need clients to see certain documents. So what's the easiest way for them to do it? Not necessarily me, but for them to do it. And I always look at the user experience of my, for my clients more so than me. And then I look at how easy is it, is it for me? And that's how I choose the yes. tools basically. And that's how I choose the tools for my clients when that, when I work with them. It's interesting. Like the pricing, the, the psychology behind the pricing was something that, I only had to think about when we were putting Time Zone Pro on the App Store, and I just couldn't decide how to do this. Should we do, should we do a free app with a you know, pay this much a month to unlock a color theme? Right. It yeah. didn't seem like good value to me. I no. just thought let's let's just let's just throw it out for a fiver, and I th I'm glad we did that because we actually attracted really really kind of productive reviews to the App Store. I think if we put it out for free, we would be plagued by loads of reviews yes. kind of saying, this isn't doing what we're thinking it's supposed yeah. to do. You know, we want this and that. And I hate free. I hate free. In fact, I think everyone should start hating free because free isn't mm. free. Free, yeah. it, you're paying for it somehow, whether it's with time, with that lack of features, no support. The support is a huge thing for certain software. Um, free is, is the scourge of the internet. I don't do, yeah. um, okay, I put content out for free because I just like doing this stuff. That to me isn't work. 
Um, mm. But I don't have lead magnets. I hate lead. I tried it. Don't like it. There's no point to it. Free is the, the scourge of the internet. I, I enjoy a 30-day free trial and then paying for it when I realize this right. has changed our life. So Harvest was like that. There are some apps. I, I love Asana, but Asana is free to start. And then they bother you with upgrade for this feature you were trying oh, to use that you can't. And it, yeah. I would happily have paid for it at the start, but now I just feel frustrated because I can't do what I was expecting to be able to do. Yeah. So I think the best, what the best model is, let your users try everything, fall in love with it. Of course, they're going to want to pay. If it's, if it's, if you think it's that good, give it to them for free, give them everything for free. Yes. And then say, if you want to continue, pay us. It's a no brainer. I just think. Yeah. The nickel and diming, this is the thing. Yeah, this is the, this is the problem with soft, some software companies that they, it's like with Asana as well. They used to have minimum five users. Now it's minimum of two users. And then you can't do this, you can't do that. And you, if you want this, you have to upgrade to this. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's software. Just give it out. Just give it out. Have one price like Basecamp does yeah. effectively and be done with it. And the problem is, when, when you do it like how Asana does it, and it's not just Asana, other companies do it, is that they get used by massive multinational companies. And when, you, when you're spending, I don't know, five grand, 10 grand a month, and you're one of these big companies, you're dictating how the software should be. Mm. And that's to the detriment of everyone else using it, which is probably the majority, actually. And that's yeah. a problem I find with a lot of software. And I think... Also, like going on from that, when you have the model of features hidden behind a paywall, as designers, mm. your focus is designing features that people feel like they need to have but can't get access to. It fills you with this kind of, oh, okay, I guess I'll have to pay for this. It's a horrible feeling. Whereas if you're designing on a team where you get paid monthly for everything, you're going to try and design everything to a standard that's like, I want to just give the users what they're paying for rather than yeah. focusing on the premium features at the detriment of the free features that no one pays for. Why would we focus on that? No one's paying for it. It doesn't make us any money. No. So true. I think like the pricing, the pricing model also affects how your, your actual design team works as well. It's not just mm. how many users sign up. Um, now the other yeah. thing with the other thing with pricing is I, I don't mind paying monthly for any software, as long as I'm saving time. That's the way I see mm -hmm. it. As a lot of people who went, who went batshit crazy when certain apps went monthly, right? Adobe? So, Adobe's one. And mm -hmm. Adobe, to be honest, yes, it's expensive for me because I'm not the target market. I'm not a designer. I don't use any of this. For designers, but, it's extremely cheap. It's extremely cheap, exactly. Mm. It's it's like nothing, but they went they go batshit. Fantastical, another thing. Yeah. Everyone went crazy. I'm like, guys, like I I initially went crazy as well uh, because it's like, oh jeez, I got you know. Blah, blah. But then I realized I paid. I, the reason I paid for it is one one um, feature of it, which is being able to propose times. I love that feature, mm. and I thought, you know what, that's worth the monthly. That's worth the yearly or whatever it is. And it's not that expensive. It's like nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's saving me time. That one feature is saving me time. And then I use it, all the other features. And great, now Card Hop is involved uh, in that package as well, which is great because mm -hmm. I use it anyway. 
So uh, again, as long, please, people who are listening to this, for fuck's sake, if the app is doing <laughs> what it needs to do and you are saving time, just pay for it. The, the, the pushback is, well, I'm paying this for Spotify, I'm paying this for Apple Music and Netflix and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but that's not work tools. That's your it's personal pri Priorities tools. are a funny thing. And I think this isn't, oh. I don't think people are just being <laughs> difficult. I think this is a real problem. Like we have hardware that's worth thousands of pounds, yeah. but a 99p app, whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And for oh, a developer, man. that's actually really scary because you have to try and you're in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, I have to convince people somehow that this is worth one pound. One pound, I know. Which is which takes up so much of your brain space because you're just freaking out about this. Um, but I think it's just one of those things we have to we have to sort of realize, like, you know, people happily spend money on coffees every day. Yes. All this technology. Five, six pounds for some for a reason, coffee. Yes. Yeah. An intangible application that solves a big problem in their lives isn't worth money. And I think this is why we should stop doing free apps because it's like think, it's expected now. Agreed. Agreed. So, and, and I think I know where it comes from. It comes from the, you know, I'm old enough to know when, uh, um, you know, when phones started. When you got a phone, it was for free. My first phone was a NEC9A. Crazy. I know exactly where I bought it from in London. I used to live in London. Um, awesome. And uh, that was my phone. They gave me the phone for free. And it was like that for many years. Now we're paying 1,500 euros for a phone. It's ridiculous. Yes, but, 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 but we're like not getting said, bombarded with, with adverts for ringtones right. for £5 a month. Day, Do you remember those? Day. Oh, God, I remember <laughs> those. I remember those. <laughs> And, and the thing is, we, like you said, we pay 1,500 euros for a phone, but we're like, quit for an app? Nah, fuck it. You know, no, I'm not going to mm -hmm. do that. Like, are you kidding me? They, so they have, because they have this thing in their mind where it was free. The app was free. There are free apps that I can do this with, but they're not nowhere near as, you know, um, um, feature rich. Then mm -hmm. you get apps, uh, sorry, ads all over the place on the app, except, and people don't think about this. And I wish, and I wonder what's going to happen with the court case right now with Apple and the App Store and stuff. But I just kind of wish that um, you're not going to get rid of it because they're making millions. Uh, but I wish they basically got rid of these crappy free apps, which is what a lot of people are asking for right now. So. It's crazy how these, yeah. uh, how people in general just don't want to pay for stuff. I, I've, I got fed up with it. I charge for everything. <laughs> or, or people pay for things that I, I can't believe. There, there are things like yeah. um, Call of Duty. I think makes billions on microtransactions for skins. So people do value stuff. Um, it's just they value questionable stuff. <laughs> it's like Why I have a skin that, for my character. Here, take seven pounds yeah um uh, i think it's just all about priorities and what people like and a lot of the app store kind of users aren't in the you know they're not designers or developers they're just you know they're just users, mark yeah. down the road who just wants to use a, a phone download a few apps and and have fun i think yeah. what you only want to pay for something if you realize you have a problem but uh, yeah 
Could it? Could it? Could it? Could it? Just very quickly, could it be? And this is kind of pushing it back onto you, meaning the developers. Could it be literally the because you know what your app does and and the things you know that it's trying to fix the. So could it be literally copywriting on the website? Yeah. Could it be as simple as that? Yeah, I think so. This is this is when I realized marketing is really important for us on Time Zone Pro on the website. Yeah. Yeah, Um, You know, I don't tend to think about marketing stuff, and and then I had to sell something, and I was like, "Yes, people aren't going to know what this is." So, and also, it's difficult to present it on the App Store too because you don't get that much kind of real estate. You have like a few screenshot spaces, you have a field for entering descriptions. You don't know what keywords you should be using. I'm not an expert on SEO and no, app store rankings and all that. Um, so you do your best. You watch the, uh, you know, you watch the trends on your analytics, and you just pretend to know what it all means, and <laughs> just ask well, people, "Hey, check out this site that we put together. What do you think it does? You know, does, is this useful to you? Do you, do you yeah. pay for it?" Some people couldn't care less. Some people. You know, love it. And then they share it with their friends. Like, it's a viral thing. Like, Oh, I, I've shared it with so many people you wouldn't believe. Uh, and the reason the is marketing. because it is the best marketing. And the reason why I share it is not because of you and making money for you and your family. It's because it's a good fucking app. It's something that works. And I will, you know, clap as hard as I can for when I find an app that does that. And I do it all the time. And... It's like I I use um, I stopped using Zoom about eight months ago, even mm. though I, was, I had it for, a, you know, I'm paying for it. Um, and I use Around. And why do I use Around? Because it just works. It does exactly what I want it to do. And it's really great for my clients. And people are like, no, Zoom is good and use Zoom. And I'm like, I use what I want. I want to, to know Zoom. how Zoom did this. So my grandma will know what Zoom is, but not Around. And because, what's funny is my grandma goes on Zoom and the first question is, how do I use this? But she's, <laughs> she just thinks Zoom is the only way to do it. Because yeah. we used around for a while too. Because when we were on, using Figma, you want to be watching people's floating heads while That's you're right. talking about stuff. And that was, that was the feature that we loved. But then we found that feature only works on the desktop app. And a few of our design team weren't even downloading it. They were just doing it in like the browser or something and it wasn't working. And then my mirrorless camera didn't work with it so that's something else you have to watch out for as as a developer is that these problems don't creep in as you're trying to solve something you're not causing more problems and more frustration oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then that's just that's just the nature of it that's why it's just so important to just be kind of in that product using it every day trying to break it trying to feel frustrated so that you can fix those frustrations yeah, just yeah. a lack of frustrations, even if the product's ugly and doesn't really do much, a lack of frustrations will make it feel like it's been well-designed. And honestly, it has. If you can get rid of all those frustrations, that's the hardest part, I think. So, yeah, I, I always say, important. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always when I say to my clients, and in fact, I've written on my website, I like that you should basically have no friction between you and the work, you and the client. And if you have those frictions, they need to be fixed. And if you fix those uh, frictions, like I have for my own business, I work like three hours a day, four hours a day. Don't need to do any more than that. Mm-hmm. It's because there's no friction with anything. It's not just the software. It's things around me, the calendar and stuff. So like you say, software is supposed to be there to help us. And if you find 
um, something that you're trying to do and there's friction, pay the 10 bucks a month and fix that friction because you're saving yourself a little bunch of time. As a designer, that's, that's what I love most about design is that a tiny insignificant app on a spec floating around in the universe can make someone's life better. Yeah. It's hard, but it's also really fun. Um, so that's why I, I just, I want to find the next problem that, that is yet to be solved. Because you, as designers, we also think, oh, everything's already been solved. No, that there's so many tech co's out there doing stuff. It, there must be nothing wrong. But if you ask a friend, <laughs> open their computer, their laptop, and they'll complain about something. Oh, yeah. So I think I think there's always going to be stuff to solve, which is just exciting. But Yeah, I mean, my job is basically trying to find the right software, the right workflow for that person. And so I see a lot of software. Um, I've, I say this all the time. Someone called me the tech communist. It's not me just using, just use my software. No, if mm. you need to use ClickUp for a specific thing, just because I don't like it doesn't mean you can't use it. I don't like Notion. It's a great app. I don't like it, meaning it doesn't fit for me. It doesn't, there's no yep. reason for me to use it. But it's actually a great app. Um, it just does too much. And if you just give it to an end user who isn't tech savvy, they ain't going to use it. Like, Good what luck. the hell is this? Good luck. And if something mm -hmm. goes wrong, you're on that phone or you're remoting trying to fix that thing. So I stick away from those kind of apps for my clients. Yeah. But yeah, it's finding the right solution for you or your team to make it work simply so you can only work three hours a day. <laughs> I love it. It's great because you, you don't need that friction. Like you said, once you have that friction, it's a good, it's good to find people who are interested in finding the solutions, people like you who do that stuff. Hmm. So when you say designer, you're not talking about, what do you, what do you mean by when you're a designer? You're not talking about just, um, literally drawing that's not the design thing that you're talking about i know this right i'm just saying it for people who are listening <laughs> yes so my, my day job is i'm more of a design manager now um so right. i was a product designer for about 10 years burnt out hated design never gonna design ever again that didn't happen built up a team around me of really talented designers and developers and the mission of friendly this is Friendly Studio is our company, is just to improve the lives of designers and startups, reducing friction, working with clients, making relationships, becoming friends, doing work, progressing, making it as simple and as easy and as enjoyable as possible. So I've gone from designing apps to designing the business workflow, I guess you could say design ops, but I don't right. really know what that means. It's just, I'm just removing barriers for people and I'm trying to make it as efficient as, and as fun as possible. So if someone says to me, I'm struggling to track my hours, it's my, I will sort it out. We'll find some software that does this. And now we've got to a stage where the team are so happy with the software we've got in place. It's just an engine that's just cruising. Brilliant. And that's super exciting because when we first started, it was extremely stressful. No one could have any visibility on what was going on. Um, but I don't think there's a one, you know, it's not one solution fits all teams. No. It, like 
I'm not imposing this process or these workflows on a team. As different team members come in with different organizational skills and different needs, then you figure it out. So it's not like you could write a book and say, this is how you do a successful design team. Here you go. It's just talk to your team. How can you make their lives easier? What are the problems they're facing? So I guess in life, I look at things as, you know, problem solving, removing yeah. problems just leads to a nicer life. It's, just, it's not, it's just the way I look at things, I guess. It's, it's, so when I've got, not... I've got lots of children and it gets disorganized, we have to sort it out. Otherwise their lives are a misery. Mum's life is a misery. So <laughs> you don't want these that. Are just, this is just how my brain works. And it's just, yeah. yeah just trying to make things as efficient and as and enjoyable as possible. And people do genuinely get happier as well. When you look back at the first time, you know, the designers were quite stressed. We couldn't figure out where we were spending time. Now designers are so happy they can just focus on their work, knowing that software is working for them. We do a four-day work week now because we've saved a day of inefficiencies. Everyone loves Fridays off. Um, and it's just... That's what I get get up for is to try and make it better, better, um, and to make people happier and happier, basically. Yeah, I mean, you're basically doing what I do, and, and I'm glad mm. someone else has said it because every time I say it, everyone's like, "Ah, we don't need this. We'll just keep pushing this thing with square wheels. I don't care." But yeah, it's, it does make a difference once your team is happy and once not just, if you're working on your own, even once you're happy and you don't have that friction, you can, like you said, you've taken a whole day away. Right. For I have this problem. With. I have the exact same problem you have with with my father. My father, you know, he's used computers since I was a baby and introduced me to them. So for me to tell him. This you're doing this, this right. you could do it so much easier. It's really hard for him to change. I understand that because I'm the same way. Yeah. I I'm convinced, and this is the same when we're designing for products for our clients, is you have to give the user an example of the value that they're going to get out of putting effort into this product. You can't just say to them, if you do these steps, you will have an easier life. You have to show them that what they're doing right now is a pain in the butt. And there is something else out there that exists. Otherwise, they aren't going to put the effort into actually making it happen because they, they're not convinced yet. So like with onboarding, we used to just, you know, a lot of a lot of designers, you just have empty states everywhere. For example, you go into your uh, an app where you have to, I don't know, design a template. Just 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 bear with me. Yeah. Rather than just having a page that says, you have no templates. Why not create a template, you know, for a website? What you do is you you show them a few amazing templates that your product can actually make happen. So when they create their own, they're in the back of their mind, they're thinking, if I go through this step, I'm going to have that amazing template at the end of it. Without those, without those kind of demos at the start, people have no idea because they can't imagine the solution. That's our job. It's not their job. We no. have to convince them that these products are going to make their lives better, but demonstrate that before we say to them, you should use this product because it's great. It doesn't mean anything to them. You know, it's like learning things yourself rather than listening to wisdom from somebody. It's just, you have to go through it yourself. And to do that, you have to be convinced to spend the time because everyone's busy. So that's the, that's the real like tricky part is how do you get someone's attention for long enough to get to that point where they have a better life? 
that's that's the hard part. That's the challenge and that's the fun part for me and for our team. Yeah, I mean, when I see apps that give me an example, it makes a lot more sense. Uh, like um, I use um, Flowdesk for my email and I have a bunch of uh, templates. I'm no designer mm. in, in any shape mm. or form. I like things that look nice, but I'm not a designer. So I will go in and write an email and go, well, this looks crap. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> and then I'll go and look at the templates and get ideas. Like you said, you get the ideas from the templates. So then when you, um, I'm actually going to be sending out an email today and I worked on it from the template. So it doesn't look too dissimilar from what I have, but it gave me a framework to work around mm -hmm. the right fonts, the spacing and things yep. like this, you know. So having those cues, visual or not, they're very handy for people who don't know this stuff, basically. And that's... I think one of the um, most... Yeah, I think one of the most difficult things for a designer to do is imagine that their users aren't designers. It's just something that you naturally think. You just think, oh, everyone thinks like us. So they'll just, you know, click here and create this and throw that in there and use these fonts. I give, have it, a give it to your that. to your family and watch what they do or give it to your kids and and okay so we need to you know train and like onboard properly we're super lazy we're just like here you go yeah design <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we yeah. wonder why people get stuck and close the tab and don't come back you've just explained my website in a sentence <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'll build something you're like i love this this is great this is all you need and then my best friend will look at it and go, what, what, <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's so true. I've had, I've changed looking, my website so many times. It's crazy. Yeah. Lo looking through the eyes of somebody else at something that you've put effort into making is really hard and yeah. you have to kind of detach your, your identity from your work. Yeah. Separate it, put it out there. Don't be afraid to change it because ultimately it's not for you. It's not for no. us what we're designing. It's for the, it's for the paying customers or the, the users who need this thing and for clients to be happy. It's not for our Dribble page or, or our website, you know. So you just, I, but you just have to get over that kind of ego, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know where I saw it. Um, someone was saying about hiring. Oh, Sandy Monroe, he was talking about um, Tesla. And um, so on. Do you, do you know who you know who Sandy Monroe is? Sandy Monroe, no. Nope, okay, tell so me. he's he's an engineer. I need, I, need to, I need to see a face, and then I'll know who they are. Right, he's an old guy with a mustache. He's a, he's this guy who tears apart cars and works with uh, car companies. Anyway, right. He he said something that really got me intrigued. He, he other than the fact what Steve Jobs said, you know, we hire professionals to tell us what to do not to tell them what to do which is a huge thing i i have that trouble a lot not a lot but with some clients you, they hire you they give you loads of money and then they say well maybe you should do this i've walked out of projects because of this right yeah but he was um i've lost completely lost my train of thought but he he basically had this saying about how you should basically get your engineers to um uh to, uh, I've completely lost it. I've That's cool. We we'll just edit this out. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. I never edit anything. I've completely lost it. And if I remember, the I'll of times edit I've it. I've lost my train of thought, and then oh, it's man, just come back to me annoying. just at the right time. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I've completely lost it. But he said something about how Elon Musk was help. Uh, oh, God, it's gone. It's gone. Forget You'll get it. it. It'll come back. Yeah. The weather's good today. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I completely well, lost it. Well, it is here. You're in, did you say the Netherlands? I'm in Amsterdam. Yeah, I'm in nice. Amsterdam. And actually, you know what? The sun is coming out. Um, this conversation has gone into a tangent, but that's all. That's just pretty good. Nice. <laughs> but Do you anyway. have a lot of electric cars over there, right? There's good incentives. There are, actually. Yeah, there are. I've put my order in for the Cybertruck, so I'm waiting for that. Um, are you serious? First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, wow. <laughs> wow. I can't wait for this thing to come. I cannot that wait That design for it. is, is um, polarizing. You know, I, I yeah, it is definitely. I saw it and I have a big American truck. I actually bought, you know, okay. when I was living there, I had one and I brought it over. And I love big Tonka toy type things, right? Mine is from 1989. What is it? It's truck? a Chevy Blazer. Okay. 1989 Chevy Blazer. It's in an original condition. I love this thing. And wow. when that thing came out, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Really like, <laughs> You're like my dad. He went to America and he's like sat in these big V8s. Yeah. Compared to like UK it. trucks. Yeah. Like the big UK trucks here are tiny for the trucks over there. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, when I saw it come up stage, because um, I was watching it live, I was like, and I ever found it accidentally because it's like Tesla revealing. I'm like, I, I don't follow Tesla. I don't share. Mm. I don't have shares or anything. And I was like, let me watch this. And I saw it. I was like, what the f is that? This is so cool. <laughs> and it took me a week to decide to whether I should order one or not. Um, so like a week later, a week and a half later, I was like, a hundred bucks. I'm just going to order one. I, and, I, love, I love that Tesla have that. They have that something where they can throw metal balls at the window and, and break them. <laughs> yeah. And I know. But I think it's because they're authentic, you know, like Elon's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what was it? Was it the Faraday car where they were like trying to show that it can be opened from the outside and it didn't work. And it was super awkward. Yeah. And it, it was just like, it, it was, it was bad. But with Tesla, I think it's just, you just have to be authentic and say, oh, yeah, we make mistakes. I just you know imagine what? they didn't fit bulletproof windows to that model. No, but they, they did. Are. Yeah, they are. They did do it. What happened, What the, this is the not the excuse, I think this is the engineering part of it, is when they hit it with a sledgehammer, they uh, got some uh -huh. hairline cracks. And then when they did the ball, and that's so what happened. That's the, the engineering. The hammer. Yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> but then, again, the hammer could have still broken it, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> you know, this is interesting because this goes back to what we were saying uh, in a way, because people buy from people, and that's why I think Tesla does well. So if you're mm -hmm. an indie developer, you're a person. You're not actually a company necessarily. Yeah. Right? Even though you've got a team behind you, you're still an indie. You're, you're a person. And, mm -hmm. I mean, the Internet for the past couple of years, two, three years maybe, maybe a little longer, it's turned from being um, buying from brand, like branded companies to buying from people and consultants and coaches. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's why yeah. Tesla's doing well in that in that stage because it's like it's you're buying from Elon. You're not buying from. It Tesla. It feels like you're buying a car directly from Elon. If you buy right. a BMW, you expect the a huge team of 
incredible German engineers to have everything perfected. And if there's one rattle or squeak, you're annoyed. Yeah. With Elon, you know, he's just like a dude that is finding it hard to build cars. Yeah. Building cars is must be so <laughs> hard. Like just things like, you know, a good steering wheel. Like yeah. there are so many cars with bad design inside and they've somehow managed to cobble together this package without any factories to start off with. They were like, let's just throw something up and just get something yeah. out. And all and the, and what's funny is all these Teslas just destroy performance cars on the road. These German cars that have been been perfected and refined. And Tesla comes in with its panel gaps and bad build quality and does the quarter <laughs> mile in about 10 seconds. So no one cares them. about the panel gaps because there's no. always this killer feature that is just makes you laugh. <laughs> I think I think the the way that they've got to where they are is the technology, not necessarily the car. The technology in the sense that I've got this screen that does everything for me. It gets updated. Wow. It's cheap to run. Awesome. No oil. Wow. You know, regen brakes. Oh, this is so cool. And mm -hmm. it's come at the right time for the internet generation, right? The computer lot, computer people. Um, I'm not in that age group, but I am one of those people, right? I just I've want battery tech to improve. Yeah. Because the batteries, that, the, that's the only thing letting it all the down. Only thing. But I think with these new batteries that they're coming out with and the, yeah, they're not solid state, but they're calling them solid state batteries that mm -hmm. they're going to come out with after that. I mean, a million mile battery that they're coming out with. I mean, this is insane. This is insanity. Mm -hmm. So imagine and test the Cybertruck with a million mile battery that goes 500 miles on a single charge. This is insane. I couldn't get all my kids in a Tesla Cybertruck. That's the only How problem. How many kids you've, you've got stuck. five kids, four kids? Almost five, four, one on the way. So we're stuck with vans. Uh, well, it's <laughs> Big, got six. heavy vans. It's got six, six seats. Oh, okay. Yeah, six well, seats. My wife could stay at home. <laughs> I will, I, we've got a family of seven soon dude listen two of the, two of the youngest can go in the boot it's big enough oh, yeah. just put a couple of seats in there <laughs> do you remember those those volvo rear-facing seats they used to have yeah yes i used to love those but i think like now they're like a kind of health and safety nightmare but yeah. tesla do that don't they they have those two tiny seats in the back somehow the why um, i think it's the why that they do that that does it or the, mm. or the new well, i don't know whatever but yeah. you, ha you have five kids. How do you have time for, I mean, you you're so organized. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's so <laughs> no, organized. It's, um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I mean, we obviously didn't start with five. You start with one sure. and you figure it out. Yes. Um, and every kid is different. You can't, I, I thought we'd program Josh our first perfectly. And we just use that program on Olivia and Elijah. <laughs> But they, they, for some the reason, they're not, compatible. The word they're not compatible with the programming. What's wrong with them? <laughs> um, so, yeah, you just you just have to, again, like, you know, I was raised in a quite a strict family. You know, we didn't have user feedback sessions when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. We have user feedback sessions with the kids. Hey, Josh, what is frustrating you right now? Let's solve it, you know? Yeah. Um, they have so many ideas. Like, our kids are all under, we're there nine seven four and one i won't show you this ideas. i won't show this to your wife <laughs> you're thinking like, <laughs> hey, she'd, be, she'd be impressed with that 
<laughs> I usually have to ask her how old they are. Um, and they contribute. It isn't like they're just a drain on our resources. They contribute to the family. And like Josh mm. is already in Figma. He's already getting into oh, it. Oh, he is? So wow. That's, awesome. that's what I love to see is, is products where kids can use them. Yeah. And we have this photo of Josh actually with a – it's sort of he's lying on the floor with one of those kind of like toy car things, like a plastic colorful toy with like indicators and a horn and then an iPad to the right of him. He doesn't care about this toy. He's just focused on the iPad. He's, the iPad. He's just tapping around. And I love that. I love technology that kids can just access. The iPad has done a lot learn. for that. A lot mm. for that. It's it's crazy. The, the, the amount of, I mean, even the iPhone, when kids pick them up, they instinctively know what to do with it. I mean, we had yeah, Etch-A-Sketch when we were younger. When, Oh, Etch-a-Sketch, oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, someone was saying, if you pretend to go, if we pretend to go on a phone call, we do this with our hand. If kids go on a phone call, they do this with their hand. Yes, yes. Uh, like, okay, I can't Already. wait to see what they get up to in, in 10, 15 years' time, like what's going to be happening and what they're going to be, be creating. They'll be like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, they'll just be like this, talking. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be completely just... invisible. Won't it? Yeah. I know they'll be so, like, Dad, can I have those headphones now? Because I can talk to my mate Billy or whatever. <laughs> wow. Anyway, hey, it's yeah. it's been an awesome chat. Um, We've yeah, been from one, one end of the spectrum to the other and me forgetting what I was going to say. And I still can't I really remember. want to know now. You have to, you have to I'm, tweet me later. I will, absolutely. I'm going to re-watch that video because it's, I watched it yesterday, for goodness sake, and I've completely forgotten it. <laughs> what he was saying, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But um, cool. thanks again. Really yeah, interesting having a chat, especially the first time we've met as well. <laughs> I know. It's great to meet you, dude. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Take care. Ciao. Speak soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.